Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly way to buy and sell sports and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging you huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a deal all from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the new HBO series, Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. The new show will feature intimate conversations with compelling guests from the worlds of pop culture, sports, entertainment, the arts, and technology. Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons will also include field segments and Simmons' signature commentary on current events. Make sure to watch Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons premiering Wednesday, 20, June 22nd at 10 p.m. on HBO. And we're also proud to be brought to you by our new website, theringer.com, which is presented by Miller Lite. Go now and check out the latest in pop culture, sports, and tech at theringer.com. Welcome to Euro 2016 Podcast. My name is Chris Ryan, and I'm here with Kevin Clark. Hello. Ryan O'Hanlon. How's it going? Pretty good. Louis Van Hall is in the bathroom, but he would like us to know it's called the Eurosh. <laughs> the Thanks, Portuguese, guys. The Big Portuguese laughs. Van guys, we're here to talk about the Euros 2016. Yeah. Uh, rather than do a group-by-group group, mm-hmm. um, preview, which would be stupid since everybody but eight teams is going through the groups, we thought we'd do our starting 11s, the, the Ringer starting 11 for this. Now, we've been doing pieces on the ringer.com. Ryan's written a bunch of great pieces about Paul Pogba, David Alaba, a bunch of other guys, sort of little profiles of some players that we think would make a big impact on the tournament. But, you know, we wanted to just throw this out there, play a little fantasy football. These are guys that we're just really interested in. So I asked... It's um, our favorite 11, basically. It's our favorite 11. Yeah, it's not the starting... It's not going to be the team that, that's going to like win the tournament for some, some other country. But these are guys we're really interested in. Let's start with O'Hanlon, right? And let's start just, what's one of your players? We each picked three. We picked a manager. We're not picking goalie because goalie is Buffon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start with Harry Kane. Um, That might be a play for the favor of one person in this room, a Tottenham fan, Kevin Clark. Could be anybody. The guy who's currently wearing a Tottenham polo. Which you mentioned could have been ironed better. It certainly could have been ironed better, but it looks like you iron the Tottenham logo over the polo That's all logo. I do. When I leave work, I just iron the, I just take care of this badge. You put Tottenham logos yeah, I on kiss, I kiss the badge yeah. and then I iron it. Yes. Um, so the, I want to talk about Harry Kane. Um, I think he's, I think everyone in this room is weirdly excited about England. I think there's usually a sort of doom cloud hanging over yeah. and going in every tournament. The English people still have that. Let's sure, sure, yeah. sure. I was a little bit more excited when I thought Hodgson was going to just completely take the safety off and go f- just full next generation with it. But I'm still pretty excited. This Rooney shit is really bothering me, though. Yeah, of course. There, there's such an opportunity here for him to play all these exciting young Tottenham and Liverpool players, and then he's just going to stick Rooney in there, and it's going to fuck everything up, yeah. probably. <laughs> but Harry Kane, um, he's sort of the classic... You know, he reminds me of Filippo Inzaghi, the Italian poacher. He's he's much more athletic, but he just stays inside the box, shoots and shoots and shoots. He had more than 20, shot, 20 shots on goal more than anyone else in the Premier League this year. The guy just scores a ton of goals. 
the underlying numbers are there to support this continuing forever until he, you know, inevitably gets injured or has or Jamie Vardy two foot tackles him during a training session so that he can get a bigger spotlight. Yeah, he's got probably two more years until some kind of off field scandal in the sun (laughs) takes him down and he's playing for Fleetwood Town in two years. I think at this point Harry Kane has two years of production. The one season wonder thing stuck for about five minutes. He was incredible. We knew that he would be an established guy by Christmas time of this year. Uh, You know, it it took him, what, I think eight or nine games to get rolling this year, but he is probably um, the best English striker we've seen since what? Michael Owen, Alan Shearer. I mean, it's been a very long time since he's been an English English striker like this. But I think the thing that no one looks at because he's such a poacher is his ability to slip back behind the front line and pass. Some of the best through balls for the Spur- for Spurs' entire season was from Harry Kane. Guys like Deli Alley, guys like you know um, you know Eric Lamella. They were getting some incredible balls outside the box from Harry Kane. So I think he's more of a complete player than a striker. And I think you're going to see that a little bit w- when he's got guys like Vardy to, to, to sort of uh, set up inside the box and I think you'll see the emergence of Harry Kane as a complete player going forward who do you think fights with Harry Kane on the field Rooney or Vardy what's what's your money on well Vardy now has the Arsenal Tottenham thing going right so he would get because Vardy needed something to make him a little bit combative yeah (laughs) right he's usually such a placid human being I think Rooney's settled down in his old age (laughs) he's certainly got more hair so that would make me calm All right, Kevin, what would be... Who's your first person you want to pick here? Robert Lewandowski. So we, got, we got Kane playing in one forward position. We're going 4-3-3 with Buffon. <laughs> and we'll go 4-3-3. Sure. Kane is in one forward position. Robert Lewandowski, to me, is the most interesting player in the tournament because he's a top five player in the tournament, and he's on a team that has the capability to be a dark horse, but really it's just going to be him, okay? There are some guys behind him, guys who play for really good teams like Dortmund and Ajax, but it's going to be him. I watched all of Lewandowski's goals last night. It basically Every took... Every goal in his entire career. <laughs> it was like the Godfather <laughs> epic, okay? It took eight did hours. You, did you play with uh, with like the t- the chronology of it, like Coppola? Yeah. You're like, here's a goal, here's a goal for Dortmund, <laughs> yeah. then two years later is another goal, yeah. but here's a Poland goal. I just have two comments. The first one is, can we get better music to Poland. Can we, okay, can we take a quick digression here? Can we, as a as a society, and I know we have a lot of projects going, like we want to go to Mars, there's the water issue, get better fucking music on the YouTube mixtapes. If I have to listen to one more Eiffel 69, like, yeah. Euro trance, like, pop club Ibiza hit while I'm trying to watch, like, a YouTube mixtape yeah. of a 19-year-old Croatian kid yeah. doing nutmegs, I'm going to kill myself. Anyway, it's sorry. It's really an epidemic. It's really... I've now... I've just muted it now. Okay, yeah. And which yeah. is a problem because sometimes they drop in... I guess you're making a really amazing, good point, which is you can just mute it and put Spotify well, no, on. Well, no, because sometimes really... you get the amazing commentary. Oh, yeah. You have to like have that. Dutch yeah. guy yeah. who's just freaking out. Yeah. And but he's going, Yorosh! <laughs> <laughs> and so you have a situation where you don't want to miss that, so you end up listening to 20 minutes of trance music. As My understanding, by the way, just so I can just jump Augsburg. in. The... I only understand... I am doing an imitation of British people doing an imitation of the Dutch, so I'm not trying Which to be offensive. Which is how Portuguese people speak. Okay. Essentially, yeah. that's what the calculus comes out to. That's yeah. great. Yeah, my accent work is, is, is just getting better and yeah. better as we go on. Yeah, so you watch all these Lewandowski videos. Mm-hmm. And I have a much better appreciation for trance music. Great. Um, and I also have a much better appreciation for how he operates, because he has this weird criticism. You heard this about Messi, too, in a weird was Oh, well, anybody could do Anybody could score 30 league goals at age 27 if they were six feet and standing in front of Muller, who's giving these amazing passes. Right. But the Space you, Invader, as I've learned today. Watch it, it becomes 
so clear the ability he has, almost a supernatural ability to get the ball where it needs to go. Now, there were situations where he dribbled around three guys and scored and created something out of nothing. But more than anything, he was just able to get a perfect pass and angle it into the net or head it into the net. And you would see things, it was like watching like MacGyver or something. You would see him, you knew it was a goals video. So you would see him at an angle and you'd say, well, what? this is not going to be a goal. And then sure enough, it was a damn goal. And so I, I just think that he's just incredible. He's not going to have the same service uh, with Poland certainly as he does at Bayern Munich but uh, I, I just feel like he's the type of guy we haven't had a striker takeover term in a yeah. long time yeah. you look at 94 Stoichkov guys like that it's been the Hamases. it's been the Thomas Mullers of the world I feel like we're due for just a pure, the Nigel de Youngs a, a, a <laughs> yeah. pure poacher to just say I'm scoring seven goals here uh, Mueller actually uh, sorry uh, Lewandowski actually has something in common with a guy that I'll throw out there which is Latani Ibrahimovic mm. not only is he an incredible striker who's going to have to take on a lot more responsibility for his national side than he usually does for his club side. But both of those guys uh, had a hard time pleasing Pep Guardiola sure. at various points in their career. Pep, so it's kind of interesting. He's, he's easily, I think, far and away the best manager in the world, but has a hard time uh, with his strikers. Yeah. Has a hard time with a guy who's playing back to the goal sometimes. I mean, Zlatan and, and Robert do pretty much anything yeah. on the field. But, you know, it's a real gift to be able to watch uh, those guys play in in club football. When you watch them on their national teams, you see it's like it's you know how like you know they say like the twelfth guy in an NBA bench is like better than ninety nine percent of the people in the world at basketball. You get the feeling like Zlatan could be the fiftieth best defensive midfielder in the world if you yeah. wanted to. Yeah, you know, and, and, and or that Rooney could be a central midfielder and then Roy Hodgson's going to go to an international <laughs> tournament and find out. Yeah, exactly. That's where he's going. That's the time he's going to find out. But yeah, Zlatan is is my pick for the forward line. I think that's a pretty good forward line. Yeah, um, I, I guess we would have the two poachers playing ahead of ahead of Zlatan in this formation. Let Zlatan kind of do whatever. I would wants. just say like, you know, the three of you, you, the three of you are deployed and you guys can make it up. And I also like not a lot of hot headedness there. So they, Kane's pretty demure, but I think I could see Lewandowski and, uh, and Ibrahimovic shoving each other a lot. Cause right. they ran into the same channel. Right. It's like oceans 11. It is like oceans 11, <laughs> except angrier. Uh, uh, Ryan, what's your next pick? Okay. This is, this is the entire podcast should be about this guy. Okay. Mm. I would have said him first, but I didn't want to, um, start off, start us off that hot. Push your um, pandering to me. Yeah. Um, Paul Pogba, Pog Boom, uh, our God at the Ringer. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, the Russell Westbrook of European soccer. Wow. Yeah. As people have commented on our site, yeah. which I was, I was very proud of. Um, this guy is the most exciting player in the world. I think at this point, all of the other exciting players, we've seen them be exciting for so long that it kind of has become boring in a lot of ways. Um, and Pogba just, it's its like watching an American athlete, in whether it's a basketball player or a football yeah, player. Yeah, you said you had a great piece about him and you wrote about how watching him is almost like it's like a dunk contest breaks out during a soccer match. Uh, he also is playing a slightly different role for country than he does for Juventus, right? Yeah, Juventus, he's sort of the, like, meteor that's going up and down the field yeah he gets like um, a freelance role there right? yeah um with france that there are just so many good players that i think he needs to take a slightly more reserve role than he would normally take and it makes sense because there's so many good creative attacking players in front of him that him running forward as much as he does for juve doesn't make as much sense but yeah it's you know there's the past 10 years have been the javi era where two yard passes two yard passes mm -hmm. death death by a thousand um, touches or whatever, and Pog was the exact opposite of that. It's all big moments, and 
it's it's super fun to watch and it's unlike unlike anything i think we'll see this summer before we get to kevin this is as good a time as any to talk about france because i think that they this is just, you mentioned that england in england they don't have as high hopes for the team as other countries seem to think that they the chances that they have and i think that here I mean, I, I don't know. It's a small sample size, but we all kind of think this is France's tournament to lose, right? Sure. I mean, I, even, I think Germany and Spain are coming, not off toward the ends of cycles, but it's hard to maintain a competitive edge across multiple tournaments like this. Kevin, what do you think of France's chances? So Ryan and I were speaking the other day. I think that France is really talented, and I think they're also going to get to the semifinals and lose, probably to Germany. My take on France, Ryan and I have been discussing this, I think about three or four months ago, we started looking at the talent. We saw guys like Conte emerge during the club Mm -hmm. season, and we're saying, oh my God, look how stacked they are. You could take a B squad of France players and probably make the tournament and do really well. They had the luxury of of excluding Benzema for justifiably moral reasons. But Frank Ribery. But that that sort of depth, being able to go 19 or 20 guys is not how you win a trophy like this. You win with your top 12 or 13 guys. I know there's going to be suspensions, there's going to be some injuries, but you really win by having you know a, a 1 through 11 great team. Yeah. France does not necessarily have that. They have incredible depth in midfield, good attackers, but they still have you know a lot of questions at the back. Uh, it is not a vintage France defense. And so when you look at maybe the top 13 guys, which again is what I think you win a, a trophy with, it's just not there as much as it is their 1 through 20, which is a little bit more of a, just a cool fact, the fact they could just bring in five new guys and, and still be really Yeah, good. I mean, obviously their depth doesn't really help when it come, it's nut cutting time, but I think that um, for me, they, the, the, the even though it was a friendly, the game against Cameroon was so exciting because you don't ever see a tournament team who's like, yeah, let's just see if we can win every game 3-2. Yeah. Or let's see if we can win 4-2. Sure. Because so, and I, and I think they have... Two of the most exciting players in Europe, because I'm actually like super, super into uh, Anthony Marshall, um, Manchester United forward. And if Paya can get on the field, and I mean, if he, Paya, I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, I think that they have, uh, and I actually, I know that their defense has been a little bit shaky, but I kind of feel like if they don't defeat themselves, they are. I, I, I think they're going to win it. Yeah, I. With these things, it's always you sort of carry over your stereotypes from the team in the last tournament. And yeah. For France, we just think of a team that's going to self-destruct. But these are all totally new players, and I just sure. I, I feel like with international soccer, someone was saying this the other day. So much of it is being able to get your best players on the field at the same time in yeah. positions roughly approximating where they're their best at, and I think France does that. And defensively, I think if we looked at it closer, basically no one has a good defense. Maybe yeah, Italy. That's true. Yeah. But Italy. You know, that's Italy. Yeah. Um, and France is at home, which is a huge, huge deal. In well, that's soccer. the thing is that France's home field advantage could quickly turn on them if, like, France's fans start to be disappointed by Giroud, them. Right? Olivier Giroud is already being booed for yeah. some reason. No, he got a standing ovation, too. Like, I think it's, it's like really mixed messages. He got a standing ovation when he was pulled off at Cameroon, wasn't he? Possibly. He would, he's the type I of watched guy it at to airport. get a I can't, I can't honestly say that I know. In the same game, he was questioning why he was booed. Oh, okay, okay. And was it Wenger who was booing him, <laughs> or is it Vardy? Vardy, yeah. That was incredible. Olivier Giroud being like, "We can't wait to welcome Jamie Vardy with open arms." Like, yeah. dog. I can't wait to slide tackle. I can't wait to play in the Carling Cup. <laughs> My favorite thing is he said, "I guess we'll play in a four-four-two." Yeah, it's like, it's like thanks. Yeah, it's like if they brought in another NFL writer, and I was like, "Well, here's your role, buddy." You and let us like, know, Ryan Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. do whatever you say. Exactly. Kevin, who's your second player? My second player. 
Toby Adebayeld. Nice. You know, there's always the center back is one of these positions that we take stock of every couple of years and we say, oh, here's the changing nature of it. The you John know, Stones it, is yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what is a modern center back? Right. And I think we've started to think that maybe it's a lot more technical skill than having the big hulking guys back there. Adebayeld is both technical skill and size. Um, he's Richard Sherman back there, okay? He's six foot one. He can score on corners. But I think the ability, you know, what he's able to do, he can dispossess a ball you know, a, a yard from the line and you think, oh my God, it's going to go in and he just sort of calmly disposes of it for a corner and he gets the ball where it needs to go. I think that he has the ability to just take the ball from anybody. He has the physicality to stop guys in their tracks, but also some of his tackles, the, the ground he was able to make up against some of the best players in the world. Um, Obama Yang had, had, had a breakaway for Dortmund and he was able to make up, you know, 15 or 20 yards uh, and then Dortmund yeah, how that game end up. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about individual plays here. This is the Vine generation. Yeah, right. So, I actually didn't see the game. I, uh, I just saw the tackle. I uh, don't really know what the score yeah. was. It's not I, I saw it on a YouTube highlight. I'm not sure what year it was but from. But at the end of the yeah, game, I tallied up the Vines. And Spurs had four Vines. Yeah, and, yeah. And Dortmund only had two good Vines. Um, and so I, he's just the, the, the perfect player um, back there. Now, Wilmot, I, I don't know what they're doing. They tried to put Vertonghen and out of on the outside and now they've abandoned that and they're going back that's, on the inside of the defense that's that's what they did at the last world cup yeah. they basically played with four center backs right. which so, is so not they're putting they those guys they're yeah. putting <laughs> those guys back in as of three days ago where do you, where's your head at both of you guys either one of you uh with the golden belgian generation and whether or not are we ever going to see them make a is this generation of guys that eden hazard generation going to make a leap here are we going to see them in a quarters or a semis i think we'll see them in the quarters but i wouldn't consider that a leap because yeah i, see, I think we'll see them top in the eight team in europe yeah, I yeah right i don't know what that means i i'm sort of they've been such a sexy pick for for like five, four years now three yeah years well now. and that's the thing they were a very sexy pick coming into the world cup and then they ended up at least to my mind were sort of a boring team because they played sure. with this back line of four defenders and the team was just super yeah. stilted despite yeah. all the attackers but now like you were saying, Vincent Company is injured, who's the captain and maybe the best Belgian player of all time, possibly. In 2016, Don't add any Belgian fans. In 2016, Vincent Company, are we sure he's good? There was a Belgian. Who is the Belgian? It's Steven. What was that guy? DeFour. Steven DeFour. Yeah. And there was like an Anderlecht versus Standard Liège match. I don't know which yeah, team he was, he was just... on. And like the opposing fans had like unraveled like an incredible TIFO that was just desecrating his family. Yeah. And yeah. he like launched a ball at them and then got incredible. red carded. as like one of the great moments in European soccer. No, I totally. <laughs> but I, I think that when you look at Belgium, I think the interesting take is that it, this may not be their golden generation. They yeah, have sure. so many 19 and 20 year olds. I think Adebayeld and, and Vertonghen and those guys. I mean, one thing I just want to share on Vertonghen, 7.5 clearances a game, 0.2 fouls per game, okay? To give that a little more context, Ashley Williams gets one more clearance per game but commits three times as many fouls, okay? Um, a lot of guys who have that many clearances commit one foul per game. Out of it's got to go in harder. That's my... my <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's soft. He's soft is what you're saying. Um, no, I mean, he, he, I think he's the, best, he's the best defender in the Premier League. But when you look at Belgium and the way their roster is constructed... Robert Huth disagrees. They have a... West Morgan. <laughs> they have a lot. Harry Redknapp thanks West Morgan, by the way. She got an England cap. Can I just say West Morgan America. not being able to play in the Copa because he was partying too much in Thailand is 
epic. Yeah, same. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I think at the back there are some. They, they have some young um, center backs that they tried out in this qualification period and, and in these friendlies recently. But it's going to be a pretty old back line. Um, but I feel like with the attacking line and the midfield line coming up that, that's 19 and 20. Guys that uh, maybe play in France now or Belgium now, they're getting bids from big teams. Badish Shui uh, is one of them. I probably just butchered his name, but once he plays for a big just club... Just the fact that you know 19-year-old Belgian big, kids is big like Big club bias enough. once he starts playing for big. A, 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 big, a big team. I don't know exactly <laughs> who he is. Um, Spoken like I, a true Tottenham man. I think that there's going to be uh, another generation behind them, and so I don't necessarily know. I don't know if this is Portugal where in 10 years we're going to look back and say, wow, I think there could be more of a steady stream. Speaking of this, you know, from a younger generation to a slightly older generation, and Ryan kind of alluded to this earlier with, like, there's really not, there might not be a great defense in this tournament, but Antonio Conte is definitely going to try and run one out there. And he is going out with basically Juventus's back line. He's got uh, Buffon playing in in goal, and then uh, a back three, all from Juve. And my favorite one of these guys is uh, Leonardo Bonucci. A.K.A. Yes. Beckin Benucci, one of <laughs> Pep Guardiola's favorite ever players. He's kind of like almost a sweeper. He used to play in midfield. He's moved back to watch him. Is just to see like what the center back position could be if everybody could play. The moves he puts on guys where he'll be chasing down a ball over the top and he gets to it first and the winger is closing in on him and he just does like a Cruyff turn and the winger goes like running into the stands because he just can't <laughs> understand what happened. Um, it's really cool. I think we've talked about this a lot before the pod about national teams employing like blocks of club squads in their in their in their sides and i think that with something that's as as delicate as a defensive line and and the relationship between defenders and a keeper it's really smart of conte all obviously he's got juventus bias he used to manage there Mm -hmm. but it's really smart of conte to just be like you know what i'm not i could do a lot worse than just playing juventus's three center backs and a and a and a keeper um benucci is just a gorgeous player to watch you know the italians like they they are known for their defensive prowess and for their their play acting at time. But Benucci's just like a beast. Also, I love it when a guy scores like a towering thunderous header and then almost like bursts into tears because he's so <laughs> excited. That's like a, some classic defender shit. Um, he's he's probably my favorite defender in this entire tournament. The the thing about him is that I I feel like there's sort of this divide between people that feel like defenders should barely know how to pass should always kick the ball into the stands and should go in with two feet every time and drink a beer at halftime and (laughs) then come back out and smoke cigarettes in the second half while you're playing but Benucci is like marries the two like super tough hard man but also knocks people around that is phenomenal with the ball at his feet and uh he's like sort of the only guy I can think of that kind of joins those two poles together yeah I I just think that with the center back position now you have to be able to start a new possession as soon as you get the ball because it's 2016. The game moves yeah, so but fast. The, Italy doesn't give a shit about that. Italy's just like, yeah, cool. Okay, now we're gonna pass it among the midfield for 25 minutes. Yeah, this well, is De Rossi that, and Mata yeah. did, like passing and pointing and screaming, <laughs> and then they'll like kick a long ball for Pele. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just think that the modern center back has to be able to pass or else. Yeah, the yeah. Cou- like to yeah, start the counter. And yeah. any any successful team, you you're not very high on Italy's chances. Few are. I mean, I, I there. I think I find them to be very interesting for what you were saying about their defense. And he's Conte has sort of t- called in a very consistent group of players yeah. and eschewed a lot of the more flashier Italian players. Cough, cough, Mario Balotelli. Oh, I thought you were going to say cough, cough, Giovinco. Like, <laughs> you know, cough, cough, Giovinco as well. 
Um, so they're going to have a sort of cohesive style, which is a weird thing to see, I think, in international soccer because the teams don't get to play play together that often. But when you look at the attacking players they have, it's sort of it's very bleak. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the De Rossi Mata is not is not exactly sure. like a very like creative. Is is Toddy's not going right? No, no. That's too bad. Would you you, what did you guys think of the Javinko thing? Because I, I think that there's a case to be made that there's not a lot of creativity up top there. But on the other hand... You're definitely asking Ryan to call MLS the a other, <laughs> On the <laughs> other hand, he does it against Columbus Crew. Ryan O'Hanlon, your thoughts? Can you do it in Columbus on a rainy Wednesday <laughs> yeah. night? That's what I want to know. I mean, looking at the guys on this team, Javinko <laughs> yeah. should be on this yeah. team. Despite playing on field turf... In BMO field with Josie Altador sure. and Michael, Michael Bradley, Bradley on a consistent basis. I also wish they had brought back Luca Toni just for kicks. And yeah. Pirlo too. Yeah. Fabio Grosso. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting to me when you're in the run up to the NFL draft, there's always guys like Carson Wentz. And, and, yeah. and they always, the question is always, what do you look for on tape when they're going against competition that's very inferior? And the coaches say, you have to be able to dominate. And if you can dominate, we can go from there. Okay. And I feel like Javinko dominated a league that isn't as bad as people think. It's bad, but it's not nearly as bad as people think. I mean, it's be- probably better than the Scottish League, for instance. I mean, there- there's a lot of European leagues. Feels not as bumpy. Feels least. not as bumpy. Um, it's a fine league, and I just feel I, I would have probably taken him. Just put him he's on the bench. He's arguably in form, too, right? Like, oh, yeah. he's been playing. Yeah. Um, okay. Tons of confidence after scoring, you know, every time he touches the ball. Now, you guys, let's round out our starting 11, and then we're going to talk about some other players. Did you have, Ryan, did you have a defender or, or you, you got, yeah, what's, who's your defender? Jerome Boateng. He's sort of yeah. the, the archetype of what Kevin was talking about, of guys being able to start counterattacks, but he's also... Real out of wild type. He's a very, very out of wild type. Um, probably... A poor man's pro- out of wild. That was a joke. What, that was a joke. Like to differ. Um, but he, he's the, the guy that can win the ball back, cover 80 yards of ground, and start a counterattack. Real quick in my defender research... Botang gets almost one offsides trap per game, which I love. Adelaide's good at that too, 1.2 times that uh, per game. That shows such good situational awareness. Yeah, that I yeah. love it. And a lot of guys get like 0.1 and and, and the regular starters and for national. Considering team. Bayern Munich is possessing the ball for there's a lot of Bayern influence in the starting game. Game, I think. Yeah. Kevin, who's your who's your starting midfielder? Luka Modric. I mean, this is a guy, and we want to go through this really quickly. But his ability, you know, we talked about how this is the Zavi era and the ability to you know to to dink and dunk, and and he does that right now better than anybody. He, you know, Real Madrid was not a good team for large portions of this season. It, it was the Champions League was almost it was almost like a watching an NCAA tournament team yeah. figure it out in like the second round, and all of a sudden. And Casemiro is playing defensive mid and all that, and they would not have gotten where they they were in the final and, and eventually champions if it wasn't for Modric's development as a player, the ability to bring the ball up the field, which he didn't used to have at Spurs. Um, you know, he's just I think he's a, a, an otherworldly passer, and, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Croatia does in this tournament. Uh, there's a lot of guys I could talk about here, like uh, Arnatovic on Austria, who we, we love. Uh, I also am a huge fan of uh, Ivan Rakitic on Croatia, who's got like a little bit unsung in in comparison to Modric. Uh, but the guy I wanted to talk about, and we're going to transition into talking about, you know, these tournaments are often launching pads for young players, and yeah. it's a great time when, like, if they can get a run, you know, I mean, famously and and sadly, like Theo Walcott's career got off to a very rocky start by being maybe prematurely invited to a major tournament. There's a guy on Portugal that I'm very interested to watch, another Bayern Munich player now. His name is Renato Sanchez. He's 18 years old. Uh, he just won the league with Benfica, and then uh, Bayern bought him um, out from under Manchester United for something like $45 million. He is 
a really interesting player. Like in terms of the balance he has with the ball and the way he plays, he's not unlike Messi. I think that that is an unfair comparison, but I love it when guys feel like they play low to the ground. And it really is like watching like a hyper, like a PED filled hermit crab when he's dribbling. (laughs) The thing that I love about him is he's also a absolute terrier and he just is like there's great youtube clips of him upending dudes on portrait like in portugal the portugal league of guys just like getting flipped by him and he's got lots of tricks he's got a thunderbolt shot from about 30 yards out i don't know how much he'll play portugal tends to usually like play like conservative and then like hope that ronaldo solves it um, they also tend to get in a lot of red card kerfluffles. Uh, I'm really like excited to watch Carvalho on Portugal in this tournament, but I would love to see Sanchez get a little bit of a run out. Uh, Ryan, who's your young player that you're looking out for? My young player is he's I'm cheating because he doesn't make the young player cutoff, but um, he's barely played for his national team. So I think it counts. It's Alvaro Morata, uh, the yeah. Spanish striker. I, I think he's he's fascinating because his goal scoring numbers he hasn't played a ton he hasn't even consistently started for Juve but when he plays he scores a shitload and his goal scoring per 90 numbers are great he's got a really weird situation now where he's getting sold and he was back to Real and he'll be sold yeah Juve with an option for Real to buy back and they're going to buy him back but that doesn't mean they're going to keep him they're going to buy him back this summer and then possibly sell him to as a, the rumors will say Arsenal, but that won't happen because we all know that that's too smart. That's because they're, um, they're they're just like they, they wouldn't want to spook Vardy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vardy is before he has a catastrophic knee injury but at the, a London the, nightclub. The thing about Murata is that we've sort of when F- Spain won Euro 2012, Fabregas was playing up top for them in the final. Yeah, um, and he made the team of the tournament as a striker. Um, and they're, that's sort of been their thing. They, they've never had a focal point with that team. It's the possession. It's just been possession, 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 and this cloud of possession that's slowly marched into the goal, yeah. basically. And they always did feel sort of like not as dangerous as they could be. And with a guy like Murata, I think there's they finally maybe have the striker who's striking ability matches the passing it's, ability. Costa's not going right. No, he's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they're bringing arteries arteries okay. from Bilbao, who's hadn't been called up forever and is in his thirties, but he can score occasionally. Is so Spain that, underrated? Yes, yes. Because I think is I crazy, feel like but it's we're true. thinking about France. Germany is like you have to come at the king, to, you know, sure. if you want to take it. Spain, we're not very far removed from Spain being a dynasty. We're also not very far removed from losing by four goals to a Dutch team. Yes, by the way, yeah. didn't even make the tournament. Yes. That's true. Euros. FYI. <laughs> the Euros they did not make. Uh, I, that sounds like, for some reason, that sounds like uh, Patrick Sean Connery or something. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's really ever, getting bad. It's, ever it's getting shifting. progressively yeah. worse. Um, Kevin, do you have a young player that you're excited to watch? I do. So there's a couple of guys that I sort of circled. Um, a man, Alexander Golovin from Russia. Here's the thing. that He was not supposed to have a big role, but all of a sudden the entire Russian midfield was wiped out. It was like the premise of the movie King Ralph. He was like, <laughs> he was like 203rd on the list, and all of a sudden there was like nine injuries, and all of a sudden he's, he's going for it. So um, he's probably going to play behind the striker. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's like 20. He's really good. But my actual guy is he, he has been I, I think I don't really play FIFA that much but I know that when you become the target in FIFA everyone talks about you for a long time when you're like the 17 year old guy uh Briel Mbolo 
okay? He's Swiss. He's 19 years old. He's probably going to be one of the Swiss's only options as a creative attacker. He'll play up top. Um, you know, I, every team wants him right now. He's probably going to head to Germany. Um, but I just, I love the promise of a young goal scorer. Uh, 10 goals and 27 league appearances under 20 is really incredible. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a 4-3-3 with Switzerland. And I feel like they're just going to attack, attack, attack. And, and there's going to be some real chances for a guy like Mbolo to get some goals early. Switzerland, I feel like in the last World Cup, they sort of felt like they were on the come up. Um, and now since Shakiri, who was their star in the last World Cup, has kind of faded. Well, he's got like, is, is that like a Stoke stink? Because like, he's not on like a big club. But he's we... also, he's, he's, he's a fine player. Yeah. He, he's not and a they have superstar. Jaka and, and, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Jaka and Shakiri are both like 23 and 24. It's not yeah. like these guys are finished products. Shak- Shakiri is young, but I think we know sort of at this point that he's not going to be as good as everyone thought. So that they're, you know, if you were projecting the Euro Euro 2016 from the 2014 World Cup, I think people would have been excited about Switzerland, but that's sort of died off over the past couple of years. I love looking back at like the 2011 projections for what the 2016 team right. is going to look like. It's like, always like you know, Andy Johnson, you know, like that sort of thing. Well, the person. So the next category I wanted to just quickly run through is this idea of a player, and I think we were talking about like Ribery in 08, Frank Ribery in 08, somebody who was really good. And then they played an international tournament. Arshavin, this happened to the people. Did, not a lot of people knew about Arshavin, but Arshavin Euros 08 was incredible. Who's a guy who you think could go from pretty good, well-known around soccer fans to top 20 known, you know, a huge star? Ryan? I would say it's it's crazy to say an English player, I think, because we sort of are in this English bubble and us that's kind of the news we always hear, but I feel like Deli Ali is that type of guy. Yeah. Um because we're gonna get he's done crazy shit in the Premier League, accomplished a lot as a nineteen year old. Crazy shit. That's the kind of analysis you're gonna get on this podcast. <laughs> um but now we're gonna get to I think we all think England will probably do relatively well and we'll get to see him playing against sure. the best center midfielders in the world i also um, oh, excuse me go ahead and it makes it you know seeing deli ali playing against modric and rakitic if that happens pick any world-class midfielder seeing him do that against those players makes him seem more real yeah. i think i think especially with ali his ability to be as creative and the as amount of tottenham on this podcast is absolutely ridiculous it's we'll be back it'll be the, the last time second half of the tottenham podcast <laughs> yeah, after yeah. this no um so with ali I, I think that what's interesting is you know erickson is such a force um in the attacking mid role that he was pretty limited and so it'll be interesting to see what kind of space he gets you know we saw his ability to get the ball at his chest and somehow score a goal against Crystal Palace. That stuff was happening over and over again. There were, there were passes he was accepting that you wouldn't think he was going to be able to turn something into, and he did it. And so I think giving him room to roam is important. And on England, I'm a little bit concerned that there's too much Rooney, there's too much Vardy and Kane. Everyone's going to need to get their touches, so to speak. That I'm a little bit worried about his ability to break out. Yeah, they were playing him in the 10 slot, right, for some, for a lot of the, the qualifying. And he's got such touch, like, in front of goal. He's got those incredible, like, short-distance assists that he's done for Spurs all season. And he's a very physical player. It's fine to play him deeper, but I, I would just much rather watch him at this point than Rooney. Uh, do you have a player that you think might take the leap? I like. There's some interesting people on Ukraine. It's unfortunate they don't have any sort of depth. Andre Yarmolenko is a guy who is probably going to be one of the two 
focal points of, of a Ukrainian attack that's going to get some goals. Northern Ireland sucks. Poland is really going to be aggressive. They bring their their their, their fullbacks up the field. Um, they have a real chance to maybe uh, net some goals really early. Maybe get some confidence. To get I, I was going to say get out of the group, but mm-hmm. I think that us three plus Tate would get out of the group at this point since pretty much everybody gets out of the group. Right. So you're saying that the four of us would be better than Northern Ireland. Yeah, we'd place seven men down. <laughs> Will Grigg would cause us some problems, but generally yes. We'd be fine. Um, I, just, I, I don't know. I, I just think that Ukraine has some very intriguing pieces, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made a little run just because they have a very good front line and nothing else. And so when that happens, I think there's a desperation at international tournaments, especially from bad teams, and I think that can lend itself to some pretty wacky results if you have little flicks of talent as Ukraine does. I think uh, my guy for this, this award, this Taking the Leap Award, we talked a little bit about younger generations, older generations. I'm interested in seeing Spain turn the page. We talked about whether they're underrated a little bit. But for that, I want to. I really want to watch Koke. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays on an Atletico Madrid team that's very organized and compact, and everybody moves in unison. And he's a wonderful player. And I'm. I love watching Atletico Madrid play. I also like watching uh, men punch tree stumps <laughs> with their bare hands. Um, that's pretty much the same thing. But he is going to start to take over uh, the role that that Xavi had. You know, he is going to be the the sort of guy who launches Spain forward. And I think that he'll obviously have um, competition there with Fabregas and uh, Iniesta still there. But Koke, for me, it's is, is a really fascinating player. I, I you know he's actually brushed off a lot of um, advances from bigger clubs to stay at Atletico and he seems completely content there but it'll be interesting to see him play in like a different setup with the, on the international stage yeah I, I think it would he he's sort of I guess a symbol for you know he doesn't pass as well as Javi but he's a much more direct um, creative like directly creative player I yeah. guess and that's sort of seemed to be the issue with Spain at the 2014 World Cup, they're way too ponderous, and they just got blown up by Chile in it, the Netherlands. It's going from David Lee Roth to Sammy Hagar. <laughs> That's what you think about Koke? <laughs> no, I, Sammy Hagar was great. They had, they had the, what was it, the Dreams dream song, Van Halen's Dream. I, I like OU812 a, a lot, song. man. Um, let's talk really quickly, round table, uh, round, round the table, uh, your manager yes. and your pick for, say, the Final Four. My manager is Vincente Del Bosque of Spain, um, just because I find that team fascinating. Um, he Something needs to be done um, from what happened in 2014, but he doesn't seem like someone who wants to change anything. But the options are there with Koke and Murata, so I think I'm very interested to see um, how he tries to move the team along, if he even does. Final four, um, France, okay. Pogboom, Germany, Spain, Portugal. Okay. Oh, wow. Give me your 10-second Portugal argument. 10-second Portugal argument. Um, Ronaldo, 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 wow. Ronaldo. He's tired. Pepe. He's tired. He's tired. Pepe, who has been on the last two teams of the tournament at the Euros, by the way. He's 79 years old. Wow. Okay. I'm here for it. I'm not here for it. Um, my manager is a management team. It is a the greatest buddy cop comedy of all time. It's Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane in Ireland. <laughs> I love this. Roy Keane is a crazy person. He is so he openly recent, hostile towards the guys he is he trying to inspire. He recently threatened... To, uh, so 
The other day, I was looking up Roy Keane in preparation for this pod, and I kept seeing stories about how he apologized to players, and there was no reference to what he said. And I eventually found this original source, and it was that he threatened to kill players after the game. (laughs) He was just so upset that he just threatened to kill people. Um, Martin O'Neill is in comparison mild mannered but he always he says kooky things that gets him in trouble too. Martin O'Neill very obsessed with true like with crime. Yeah. Well, he's got to get out of crime on his hand. <laughs> Roy Keane doesn't like what he sees out there. Um, you know, Roy Keane is going to have to what happens more? Um, goals from Ireland and or Roy Keane apologies in the next month. Uh, I don't think Roy Keane's going to apologize. He so had to apologize for threatening to kill his his subordinates. That was just to to to, to like the the carrot and the stick. I don't think I think this, yeah. the carrot's gone now after okay. this. Yeah, Roy, Roy yeah. Could you imagine Roy Keane with nothing to lose? Yeah, you know, once <laughs> they're out. Although they signed two-year extensions through the World Cup, so Roy Keane once voluntarily left the World I- Cup. Ireland at the through. World Cup. Yeah. L O L. Yeah. There you go. Uh, who's um, your final four? My final four. I have a theory on this. I was going to do something crazy and pick like Poland or Switzerland. Here's my thought on this. The Euros has always been a weird tournament. There's always been weird winners, weird semifinalists, finalists, Denmark, Greece, Turkey. However, more games than ever, more teams than ever, less quality than ever. It's going to be chalk. It's going to be absolutely chalk because there's no more like, oh, we accidentally won two games, we're Greece, and now all we have to do is yeah, beat Yeah, like you basically can get through your group by winning one Greek, Right, and one so, so th- that's not going to happen this time. The, the, the cream will rise because there's more games. I have France, Germany, Spain, and England. I'm sorry it's chalk, but it's just the way I feel. Are we picking winners right now? Go for it. Okay. Uh, Germany's going to beat England in the final. I'm not happy. I, I'm not, I want to be pick clear. A I'm not happy about no. this. Who do you think is going to win it? France. I think it's going to be my, my manager's Fatih Tarim from uh, Turkey. Yes. Turkey. He was the manager in the greatest duel of managers in the history of the Euros, Euro 2008, Croatia, Turkey, and a downpour, Slavin Bilic leading Croatia. It was it, like, if you can watch YouTube clips of that, I know that there are better Euro let me Let me ask it. you a question. How, sure. how many of those cigar store Indians do you think he has in his house? <laughs> <laughs> I think he actually carves them in, in between Euros. Yeah. <laughs> he carves them. Uh, and my final four, I'm going around like a lot, a lot on this, but France, England, Italy, Ooh. Germany. Okay. Yeah, France, England, Italy, Germany. I know I'm gonna be wrong. Give me your 10 second Italy pitch. Uh, that they just have they're gonna have the best defense in the tournament. That Conte is the, the only best, good. That Conte is actually the best manager in the tournament, mm-hmm. and I like the way that they are thinking about this, which is basically like these are a bunch of guys who know how to play each other. They've been playing with each other for a while. There's no weird. We're gonna go to the four four. We're gonna put Rooney in now that he's like healthy. It's like these are the guys he's rode with. I just think that you you can get pretty far in this tournament with a really good defense. Golden boot winner, shoe winner, whatever you want to call it. Giroud. Wow. Yeah. Ronaldo. I think it's going to be Thomas Muller. I think we I'm should... I'm chalk. I'm Very quickly, we haven't spoken about Germany. This is how soccer works. All of this is going to be completely moot, and, and Germany is going to walk to the title. Yeah. We should just get that out of the way. Um, all right, so for Kevin Clark and Ryan O'Hanlon, I'm Chris Ryan. We're going to try and do these uh, semi-regularly over the course of the tournament. Really enjoy the tournament. It is the most fun thing of the summer is when we have a great soccer tournament to watch all day long. Uh, well, until next time, talk to you soon. <laughs>